When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 4, Episode 8. And if it wasn't official before, it's officially official now. The New York Rangers are in a skid. They've lost three games in a row and have only won three of their last ten games. So clearly not good enough if they wish to keep their playoff aspirations alive. And of course, the most heart-wrenching of all coming at their loss to their crosstown rivals, the New York Islanders, holding a 3-1 to lead going into the third period at the Garden. The Rangers allow three goals in the period and lose the game 4-3. to A game of which I was in attendance, and I was telling anyone who would listen to me that that was exactly what was going to happen as I've watched the Islanders' last few games where they literally sleepwalk through two periods, just hold on, and then they just turn on the third period and come back and win the game. They did it against the Colorado Avalanche. They did it against the Calgary Flames the other day, and lo and behold, they did it to the New York Rangers. So we'll get into that and all more in the course of this podcast. Uh, I am Andy here, by the way, flying solo tonight. Uh, James, it's his lovely wife's birthday. So happy birthday, Steph, from uh, myself and the Broadway Boys podcast. We hope you're having a nice day. So James is with his family celebrating, as he should. And this podcast is not going to be a celebration, I'll tell you that. So yes, he he deserves to stay far away from this podcast. But he did, was nice enough to leave his me with some thoughts that I'm going to talk, discuss on the air, and I will share with all of you in a little bit when we get to it. Um, but first, I do want to talk about the game first, and then we will talk about the greater ramifications of this losing streak the New York Rangers find themselves on. So like I said, I was in attendance, so I was able to get a pretty good pulse for the team and the game, uh, and I'm not really sure how it came across on TV, but once again, the New York Rangers, at 5-on-5, five five, they carried play. I thought they were skating. They had their legs clearly. I thought their decision-making was usually pretty good. Obviously, they had some turnovers, but, you know, every team turns the puck over. No team is absolutely perfect. But for three periods, they were clearly the better team. It was just literally uh, the only way to kind of describe it was just horribly timed gaffes and failure to clear and just just not doing enough on their defensive assignments and, and just not failing to get pucks out and just turnovers that you knew were going to come back and bite them. 
And again, I, if anyone who was scouting from the Rangers video staff who was helping them pre-scout the Islanders, should have, they should have known that there was going to be a push from the Islanders in the third because that's when they had been turning it on against all these teams. And I'll just say this to any Islander fan who's feeling good about their chances and high and mighty and they have bragging rights and that they're one of the hottest teams in the league. If you think that your team is going to win anything playing like the human equivalent of Sudafed and getting just to turn it on the third period every game, by all means, be my guest. Keep going. I'm sure it'll work out great for you. Um, Sorry, excuse me, this is a Rangers podcast. Anyway, but the Rangers, and the numbers bear it out, the Rangers were the better team, but again, better doesn't always mean the winning team. And again, once again, from the New York Rangers, it didn't. And once again, a game in which they carry the play, the majority of it, they just, they, and there was some, listen, there was some horrible calls in this game too. Non-calls and a goal, a sure, a goal that was a goal that there was conclusive evidence of, taken away so and we'll get to that too but just for whatever reason the Rangers as much as it they tried they just cannot get themselves out of this funk we're just poorly timed turnovers and once again the Truba Miller pairing are out for goals against and it's it's we've, we're now finding out that Jacob Truba might be playing through something and that kind of passes the smell test because he's just looked off and he hasn't looked the same and he's just not being as aggressive and heavy on pucks, and especially when he's defending and he's just kind of letting, uh, he's he's just trying to be too stagnant. You have to be active, unfortunately, even if it lets people slip behind. If you don't, if you give them time, the other team time and space with the puck, and you're not going to pressure them, then don't be surprised when it ends up in the back of your own net. So, but yeah, Truba might be hurt, as confirmed by Gerard Gallant uh, in today's presser after practice before the Rangers hit their the road with for their road trip. Um, so yeah, he's playing through something, nagging injuries and obviously, you know, who's to say if with Lindegren being out, if there's the reason they're already down body, so they couldn't really sit him, you know, and he's saying he's a warrior, but they might really have to think about sitting Truba because this is something that strikes me as it can only get worse before it gets better. He's got to heal at some point, you know, it's not going to heal just playing every game. You got to let him rest up and, and just feel better. So, um, but yeah, so in a nutshell, the Rangers should have been the victor. They should have had the they had the three you know they had three, a two goal lead going to the third, and they literally got scored on the first minute, despite knowing that the Islanders were going to come out hot, which they did. And then they still went on to dominate much of the period, I thought, and carried still carry the majority of the play. But just it was the Islanders had turned it on and had their skating legs finally, uh, and they just you know just conceding too much space in their own end and. Igor hasn't been sharp. He hasn't been as good as fighting through screens. But also, the Rangers have just been screening him too much because they're not getting to their assignments and closing off. They're just choosing to stand there and just do a box like they're on a penalty kill when they're trying to kill cycles in their own end. And it's just not gonna it's not gonna work for you because then your goaltender has to doesn't have clear sight of the puck and they're gonna fight through screens. And the Islanders were content just to try to wrist it through screens. So and then if they couldn't get to one, even if Igor made the save, then just Someone could, you know, even on that first, that power play goal, uh, I don't know if it was Palmieri or, or whoever it was or Parisi, but just shoveling it in on a second opportunity when the Rangers don't fail to clear it. So it's just, yeah, that, those are the type of things that can be, which is good news for the Rangers, can be cleaned up. But right now they've, they're just, they're stuck, you know, I think with everything that happened last year and the run they went on, 
and I'm sure my co-host James will agree with me on this. I think there was a lot of confidence in that they were going to get off to a good start again and have their level be high enough, but it hasn't been. And I will say this. I think, unlike James, I might be a little bit more high on the New York Rangers right now. I'm not happy with how things have played out, but I do think a lot of it is bad luck. I think they've clearly... And listen, every team has to deal with their own stuff. So and I'm not saying the Rangers are blameless in this or Gallant or the players, but they've, yeah, they've had some poor sequencing luck for when their goals are coming. Uh, obviously, their shooting percentage is among the worst in the league. They're still carrying play. And honestly, the eye test told me last night that they were the better team, but it was just these little op- inopportune breakdowns. And obviously, everyone's clamoring to go back to last year where oh, well, they were more successful last year when you know Igor was bailing their asses out. Well, it wasn't sustainable. They ran out of gas. You know what I mean? You have to impose your will on the other team and make it easy for yourself because when you're chasing games all year and chasing leads all year, you just get burnt out and you get hurt. You know, you, and that's, you have to be a so dominant a team at carrying play like the Avalanche that you just dispatch of your opponents in quick fashion and... When you, if you lose a man body like the Rangers are going through now, their depth is being tested. It's such a well-oiled machine that it hums along without them. Or, you know what I mean? And that's just, the Rangers are trying to figure that out right now. Again, I mean, the eye test says they're playing much better from a team, total team standpoint. I feel like when everyone's skating, it's going well. And there's still some some blemishes on the team and, and players who I think are playing out of position or probably shouldn't be in the lineup, but you know, and we're still seeing the line blender go on with Gerard Gallant with Turk, but we'll talk about that. But yeah, just overall, I'll tell you what, the, the building was feeling really good about self. And then it went from, uh, you know, someone won a car in the, that was awesome in the second intermission. Uh, just literally days after someone at a Nick game, won a car and a half point shot, someone, uh, from center ice, put the puck through the little the little hole in the middle of the cardboard, and won a I believe it was a, a Kia. Not excuse me, no, it was a Kia. It was a, a Hyundai. I think it was a Hyundai Tucson. So congratulations to everyone the Hyundai Tucson. So everyone's feeling good. This guy won a car. It's like we're up two goals. This is gonna be great. And the Rangers conceded a goal in the first minute of the third uh, period, and the rest, you know, the rest is history. And just stunned silence. And you could see it on their face, going getting off the ice pushing for that last goal and not getting it. There was a lot of disbelief on their faces just going to the locker room. And it, it didn't, because sometimes, you you know, I've, I've been to enough hockey games where you watch the team when they lose. And whether it's just, a, oh, we didn't have it tonight, loss, you kind of see in their face. But this was different. This was kind of worse. This was, there was almost a look of disbelief, like this keeps happening to us. Why can't we get it done in third periods? Because again, another game where they had a lead going to third period and they just cough it up or, or we're tied or whatever. And it just keeps happening to them. And, you know, I think you, watching everyone's face going to the locker room, I think Truba wore it the hardest, being the captain of this team, as he should. Is probably He puts the most pressure on him after these things because, you know, he his clearly has not been good enough. I think he was the worst Ranger skater in terms of uh, the numbers and game score, which I think, again, leads credence to the fact that he is clearly playing through something and he's hurt. But just not not good enough effort you know unfortunately and I, I hate to say that when you did some line blending I thought the new look first line with Panarin uh Zibanejad and Kako looked great um and yeah he'll scored a nice goal he was flying around again coming off injury and I thought 
he meshed really well with Kreider. Kreider clearly looked like he was got the message. You know, we had a nice goal on the backdoor goal on the power play, and he had a skating legs. But and Kraftsoff was looked like he was starting to sling some uh, some confidence in that game. You know, there's some good plays there, and Trocheck again was going good. I thought he was arguably one of the Rangers' best players, and Panarin was just made some unreal passes in that game and some plays. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, again, it wasn't good enough. The Islanders have. After all their tutelage under Barry Trotz, they're just a team that's comfortable just whatever, just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then they're like, and our chance is now, and then they take it, lo and behold. And again, if they want to play that rope-a-dope style, I, I don't think it can win a Stanley Cup, but, you know, more power to them. But I think uh, it's unfortunate because they, you know, the Rangers, I think, mentally, last year I think they were more, had more belief and more drive, and it was easier for them to be an uphill climb than... I think now it was a, and honestly, if you look at some of the teams that had slower starts this year, if you look at some of the teams that were in the postseason last year, especially the last four teams in the, the Oilers, the Lightning, the Rangers, uh, and Colorado, I think all three teams, or excuse me, all four teams, they have close to the same amount of points. I think, you know, what the Rangers have, uh, excuse me, 16 or 17 points. I got to pull it up here. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Rangers have 15 points. The Lightning have 15 points. The the Oilers have 16 points, and the Avalanche have 13 points. And yeah, just pretty crazy to, to see you know see that. And again, yes, the Rangers only have 15 points, but if they win a game, they're back in the wild card. So it's still early in the season. Luckily, luckily for them, a lot a lot they're still ahead of teams like the Sabers and the Capitals and um, the Canadians and the Penguins, who are in a skid right now. And teams like Calgary, they're a skid. So a lot of teams that found themselves in the playoff picture last year are having a tough time, whereas teams like the Winnipeg Jets and uh, the Seattle Kraken and the Devils, obviously, and, yeah, the Islanders who missed out and the Detroit Red Wings, they're 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 feeling themselves right now. So there's a lot of salt. And, hell, the St. Louis Blues, worst team in the league <laughs> or what this year. Them and, and Columbus both have six points, so... Man, although I'd say St. Louis getting Connor Bedard would, would kind of, that would suck, you know? Well, I guess it would suck mostly for the Arizona Coyotes, who honestly, you know, they're not in a playoff picture right now, but they're not too far out of it. So who knows? And, uh, but yeah, again, for the New York Rangers, it's, and look, fans are already saying Turk should be in the hot seat after this game, this and that, uh, this team is not as good. They thought they were going to sleepwalk their way back to, I don't know if that's all true. It might be, maybe it is. Who knows? I mean, the, the way they came out in the first few games of the season, they looked like that was not the case. I do think there's a combination of unfortunate breakdowns and uh, also bad luck in terms of just the, the goals not going in. And like I said, there's a lot of bad sequencing on some of these goals they're allowing and, it sucks, and it's you, no one likes to hear that because it sounds like that's out of their control, and that's not acceptable. Uh, there's things they can change. I, I do. The part of it thinks that the, now that they're playing the style, where they're trying to put more on net, like it's kind of adjusting to burying it where they were so used to wait, 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 perfect pinpoint now, and then so they were a team that usually had a higher shooting percentage but they were being more choosy and selective, but ultimately it was hurting them five on five. And they're trying to learn to do things a new way. And it's kind of a foreign concept to them. They're used to 
having their goaltender have facing 40 shots and having to bail them out, but then them being the team that kind of then goes the other way on the counterattack and then make something happen, even though they've been getting shellacked most of the game and coming from behind and winning. And I think that's honestly how they're probably more comfortable They're It seems like this team has been more comfortable and I th- chasing games. And I think the fact that they came back from uh, what, you know, a two in two series, of the three they played, they were come from behind wins. Because, I, again, I think they're more comfortable being down or with their backs up against the wall than playing with a lead, which is something they're going to have to adjust to. You know, if you want to be a top dog, it's that's what it's going to take. You have to be comfortable closing games out and holding leads in tense moments. So that's going to be adjustment for them. And hopefully it comes, and I hope it also incides with their PDO improving and their shooting percentage uh, reverting to the mean and them getting a few more goals. I will say this, the, the, the refereeing was atrocious. They had everyone on the Jumbotron saw the puck clearly cross the line. And it wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, if you could maybe argue it was, cl- I mean, it, it, you could maybe argue a few microns were on it, but they're, they're calling it inconclusive. And, and then you're like, all right, whatever. They still score on a second, like on the power play, even though they come back and, and Trocek with a great second effort. But then to miss the Kako trip where they get scored on again, and, and Turk had even said, he's like, I'm not going to talk about it because he don't want to get fined. But they, he thought that was the reason they lost the game. And he, where he's been unhappy with them the last few games, he wasn't very unhappy with his team after this game. And I think that angers Rangers fans. But honestly, as someone who's in the building, it's one of those things where on those sequences where, and yes, it's easy to say this about any game, but on those sequences where, let's say, Igor gives it the first goal, but uh, the second goal, he gets a pad save on. You're not really unhappy with how the Rangers defended it. It's They they played well, and they were the better team. It just, again, unfortunately, in the National Hockey League, the better team doesn't always win. And it seems like it's been that way for the Rangers a bunch. But I think it as much as it hates, sucks to say this, they have to figure out how to keep doing what they're doing and win. Because if they just revert to what they were doing last year, even with them winning games, but Igor having to stand up to 40 shots, it's just never going to work. So it sucks, and you want them to see a clear progression in this team. But I think this is what they got to do. They have to, and this might be blasphemy to say this because no one wants to take a step back, but if it if that involves a step back where they don't maybe don't make the playoffs, I don't know, man. Like, it sucks because time is not on your side. With, especially with contracts and players and all that other stuff and people need to get paid. But I think overall, I'm more comfortable with the Rangers figuring out how to make what they're doing right now work than just going back to what it was last year and what it took. We're getting out-possessed and out-chance. They were under an onslaught in the Pittsburgh series. You can't win. And yes, they had a little bit more confidence playing up against a, a Canes team who was having trouble scoring. Uh, but you can't win that way. You just... You saw Colorado, and they were a steamroller. You just cannot win that way. So you have to. That's how you have to. You have to be. So you have to carry the play, and you have to execute. So it sucks, but it is what it is. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 
place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. All right, so like I mentioned up top, even though he couldn't be with us today, my co-host James did send me some of his thoughts on the game last night and just what's going on with the New York Rangers, and I'm going to share them with you now, and we'll talk about them. So it'll almost be like he was uh, still on the, the podcast. So the first thing James has to say is he's happy the kid line is back together. And I haven't mentioned this yet, but in practice today, uh, it seemed that Gerard Gallant had reunited the kid line. So still trying to find some balance amongst his lines and I get it um happy Lafreniere needs to get going and Kako seemed hasn't seemingly had a problem he still looked like the best player the best forward for the Rangers bar none still outside of Panarin's flashes of brilliance so this might be a good way to get him going uh although in a perfect world I would like to see Lafreniere with Zabanjad in the middle and Kako in the right wing but whatever kid line back together which is good they're hoping maybe they can if that line can maybe take some more, either feast on third, other teams' third lines, or who knows, maybe they can take some harder assignments and, and take the the strain off some of the vets right now. So, yeah, he, James says, kid line back together is good. Can help jumpstart the offense, and hopefully they can lead the way five on five. So, I agree. Good point, James. He goes on to say, uh, as far as VC's promotion into the top six, he's doing all the little things correct, and he's working hard. He deserves his shot, and it's not like the star players are above playing with him. And that's a good point. I mean, it's funny to see Jimmy VC, uh, and I think I read this online, Jimmy VC is a player who basically went from being, in his first instance with the Rangers, having some offensive ability, but poor defensively. To, he is now, this time around, he's an excellent defensive player, five on five. Uh, who just can't seem to put the puck in the net. But, you know, he had a breakaway. He had the game on a stick. And listen, nice save by Varlamov. He tries to sneak at five hole. But VCs look good. And I mean, unfortunately, it's one of those things where when a player who of a skill level, of a bottom six skill level, is going well and the coach says, oh, this guy deserves to play with the top six, even though he might not be a top six talent. And then he just, he might do some good things, but ultimately he just doesn't have the skill to score against uh top you know other teams top six so I think that's again like Dryden Hunt was before him is Jimmy VC now so but I would agree with James there that I do think VC has played very well for the team in his second stint here he deserves to make it and he's a good he's a good bottom six player but I think preferably if you're going for Stanley Cup you probably want him on your fourth line or your you know maybe your third line in a pinch but uh he's definitely far from the problem he's been one of the Rangers better players Truba, which I've already covered, he's still playing scared. He needs to be a leader by playing physical. Once he figures that out, he will elevate our depleted defense. And I don't know if James saw that he was hurt, but again, it does seem like he's definitely been more tentative and whether that's uh, the C weighing him down or just the fact that he is uh, a little bit uh, inhibited right now with his injury. He's definitely just, like I had mentioned, he's not stepping on guys. He's still playing a little timid, I think. 
you know, and who's to say, but whatever it is, and whatever the reason is, he, he the team's not going to have success if he plays this way. Because last year when he was just wanting to hit everything that moved and had that snarl and that fire, and I've mentioned so many times, he's a player that plays better when he gets physically engaged and when other players are leaning on him more and it pisses him off, he plays better. But, you know, this year just a little bit too... Uh, uh, a little bit more of a shrinking vial this year, and I just don't think it's working for him. So James's point is a salient one. And then finally, James says this about Gerard Gallant. On Gallant, he better be careful and hope things work out. He's not managing our players very well right now. Reeves should have been in the lineup against a slower Islanders team. Emotional must-win game. Not dressing him was a mistake. Gallant needs to gauge our players better. That's that's a fair assessment, I would say. Uh, I honestly was surprised Reeves didn't play. Because, yes, I know he's slower, but, you know, Matt Martin, the Islanders aren't exactly a burner of a team. Matt Martin was in the lineup, and you would have thought that him getting him back in the lineup would help give the team a little bit more swagger. Uh, so, yeah, I was surprised that that was not the case. Although, listen, Reeves has been struggling. But, again, the guy is so old. He's, I mean, if we're, if we're all being honest as Ranger fans, we love what he brings in terms of his personality and the, the charisma and the presence to the team. But the on-ice result, it just is not almost getting to the point where it's not worth it anymore, where it's, a, it's inhibiting the team when he's out there because of his how slow he is and, his, you know, the fact he's old and he's a he is what he is. He's not really, you know, he's a fourth-line talent, you know. I, I, I will defend the fact that I think Reeves actually has pretty good hockey IQ. He's got a good stick. I think he makes good uh, reads and good passes. He's just slow. You know, when you're that big and you're that old, you're going to be slow. It is what it is, so... I love Revo, but I think that's the case right now. So, uh, yeah, it's it's weird, you know, especially with the line mixes, to James's point. I don't know if Gallant seems to have as good of a feel for this team right now and who should be where and just what that was. We've always talked about Turk's biggest strength is having the pulse of the team and never overplaying his hand and protecting guys, and especially when they have bad games, but also knowing when, when to give the carrot, when the stick, and... Every, like I said, every player that's ever played for Turk loves him and raves about him. He's, I, I've yet to find an interview with anyone, if former players who are even re- retired now, who could probably talk out against him. Everyone loves him as their former coach. You know, he's a player's coach, and they play for him. But just, yeah, just a hard time for him right now to get a, 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 the gauge on who should be out, you know, some of the lineup decisions when they're sitting on leads and you're, you, you look and it's like Hayek and Jones and then, uh, you know, the fourth line around the ice, you're like, what are you doing? This is a, a recipe for disaster. But again, it's been Truba and Miller who've been giving up the goals. So, uh, yeah, that's on, you know, Gordon Murphy. I think he's got to do a better job with the defense. I think a lot of these ill-advised, ill-timed breakdowns are, yeah, they're these it's uh, I think it's more about habits so much than it is about structure breakdowns. It's about they're trying to get into a defensive posture, but just the little things like stick positioning or making sure they, they rush to their mark or just you're marking it when someone makes a move, when to, uh, pr- you know, how to position yourself to protect the house better. So those are, yeah, those are the adjustments this team's going to have to make. And the, the coaching staff, honestly, is going to have to make. So yeah, things are not so great for the New York Rangers right now, but luckily there's no no better way to uh, get yourself out of a skid than a nice little road trip. You know, more time. It's not like you lose and then you're going back to your your own homes, your family, and your families, your significant others, uh, kids. You know, all dogs, all that. You go on the road with your team, 
and you have a nice little road trip. Uh, and this one's especially special because it is the annual father's trip. So it almost is good. It doesn't give the Rangers too much of a chance to mentally overthink about it and ruminate to the point where it kind of infects them a little bit. They can be happy with the dads and yeah, just to have some positivity going to this road trip that they have going on. So they get a little chance at revenge against the Detroit Red Wings, who they lost to um, in overtime off again, off of uh, a, a suspect call and Keandre Miller, a really soft call in overtime, which was horseshit. So they're at Detroit, then they are at the Predators and then they're back home to play the Coyotes on Sunday. So just quick little two game road trip. Um, I definitely think the Rangers are, are better than these two teams. But again, as we've seen, they, they've already lost to the Red Wings once and they can lo- definitely lose to the Predators who, um, yeah, they've kind of, it seems they've been struggling uh, this season, but are still a very dangerous team. Uh, actually, you know what? How, how are the Predators doing? Yeah, they're basically, they have 11 points to the Rangers 15 in 13 games. So one less game played though. So that could be, you know, they could, uh, they could be two points behind the Rangers, one less game. So, you know, they're more or less the same teams, but they'll be playing Ryan McDonough, the brand new Nashville predator. Uh, and they'll be playing a very good goaltender. Well, I guess that's supposing UC Saros isn't that, and it's not, um, who's their backup now? Is it Lankinen? Who, whatever, Kevin, Lank- I'm going to assume it's Kevin Lankinen, but, uh, yeah, just a quick little road trip with the, the dads and, have the, the team uh, family dinner together and have some good laughs and some positivity. Could be just what the doctor ordered, uh, one would hope, because, again, the New York Rangers need to find a way to pull themselves out of this skid but also keep their positivity high. Um, and I do want to close this podcast just by mentioning some of the comments the players made. I already mentioned that Turk himself was a little bit more positive on the game, just saying it was unfortunate, tough pill to swallow, unfortunate, but he thought his team was the better team and didn't have too many notes or uh, didn't, you know, didn't want to put too much on Igor where even though maybe some of the goals he should have had and, or could have had potentially he's, he said, I think he said to the effect, he's been our best player for a year and a half. So I'm not going to put it on him. And yeah, I mean, I think on while we're on Igor, yes, he, he, has he been bad? I don't want to say he's been bad. He's just been average. Uh, I think usually if the Rangers were not experiencing the, the type of shooting percentage luck and PDO luck and just not, not having those, those extra one or two goals support, I think it's amplifying things where I think if you look at just his, yeah, he's not otherworldly right now, but he, the way the Rangers have been playing, he shouldn't have to be, but it, you're then it's like, why are all these ill time shots going in? Uh, that's a good question. It, I think it's harder for him who doesn't see a lot of shots in the game. And when the ones that do come, they're always, the Rangers are trying to do a better job, but it's not like they're just openly allowing guys to tee off where he, I think he gets more of a flow of tracking pucks and then being able to get used to fighting through said screens. I just think it's harder for him right now because he's not seeing the puck for a big amount of games. And then every, it's only coming at him through guys' elbows and under their arms. And he's getting beat five hole. A lot of things that are kind of squeaking through and it just having trouble getting a pad seal. And I think that's part of it. So, but it's definitely not all on him. So, uh, yeah, as positive as Turk was that the players were a little bit less. So I think they understand they're going through a bit of a, I don't know you want to rut. I think uh, Vincent Trocheck called it. And, you know, let's, I'm going to pull up quotes uh, th- again. Thanks to Vince Mercagliano and Molly Walker, Rangers uh, 
beat reporters for collecting these quotes from the players. It's a, they do such a good job. Uh, you know, hold on. Do, 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 do. Here we go. The captain, Jacob Truba, after last night's loss, said, uh, it's a tough start to the season for us. We're going to keep working through it. We've got a lot of games left here, but I don't think it's lost on anybody the start we've had. Time is a ticking. We don't have all the time in the world here, but we have got to find a way to play a better game. Vincent Trocek added upon that. He said, we're slightly concerned with it when asked about uh, what's been going on with the Rangers right now. I don't think it's a personnel thing. I truly believe in this group a lot. It's just a mental thing for us right now. We've got to get over that hump. We're in a little bit of a rut. And I think that's honestly an honest assessment of the team. It's not good enough right now, but it's not a personnel issue. It's not so much a playing style issue. It's just little things, which I think is the one reason why this is not a sky is falling scenario for this team, because it would be if they were, these were the results and they were getting shellacked at five on five. That would just mean they're a bad hockey team. But I think you've seen enough to show that they're not a bad hockey team. They're a good, albeit not maybe not great hockey team that is experiencing just horrible luck and also having ill-advised and ill-timed brain farts. So those things are improvable, which is the good thing. Obviously, the hope is, A, they can figure this out sooner rather than later because, again, uh, Thanksgiving is usually the point where you say if a team, you know, they always say if the teams that are in it around Thanksgiving are usually the ones that are in the postseason uh, come the playoff times, unless you're the St. Louis Blues the year they won the Stanley Cup. But, so it's not impossible, but it's a tough climb. And a lot of teams that have managed to claw their way out, they then have a hard time in the postseason because you're, you're tired playing catch up the whole time. So the Rangers need to figure this out sooner rather than later. But luckily, they should be getting Ryan Lindgren back, which was a, uh, clearly a huge loss to them. You know, Kraftsoff's finally back. Uh, Julian Gauthier, who I missed the last game with an upper body, I think should be good to go. So that'll be good. Their depth was getting tested early on. Um, and you know what? I'm the biggest... Anyone who knows, has heard me on this podcast knows I'm the biggest Libor Hayek hater. Uh, not of the the person, just, just as the on-ice hockey product. But I thought he was good <laughs> in the last game, watching him with my own eyes. He didn't make nearly as many mistakes as he usually does, and the numbers bear that out. He was one of the Rangers' best skaters in terms of game score and the the stats. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he can continue because I would love him to make me eat my words and how much I dunk on him. You know, definitely let he can just give my head a swirl if it means the Rangers are a better team moving forward and winning hockey games. So. Uh, yeah, again, the po- a lot of positivity going to this trip, at least from me. I don't know. James probably feels exactly the opposite, but he's, again, that's why we're co-hosts. I'm usually the glass half full, and he's the glass half empty kind of guy. Um, but, yeah, hopefully this dad's trip is just what the doctor ordered to get the Rangers back in the win column, get some points on the board, get back in the playoff race, and feeling good about themselves and, and feeling to know that they can be a winning team in this league. That being said... They need to figure this out sooner rather than later, because as their captain uh, so eloquently put, time's a ticking. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. 
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.